In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Good morning and good day. This is Patty and Lisa, and we are so excited and honored to share this morning with you in the next few minutes. Um, we are really excited about this show, and as you can tell, I'm kind of losing my voice, and that's not good when you're doing a radio show. <laughs> so we'll, I'll try to, like, uh, scratch my way through it. Um, but today we have some really special guests who will be authentically sharing some of the, the trials and obstacles that they've had encounter in their life over the past few years, and they're going to authentically share that with us and be real. And um, what they're sharing from their heart today will be an issue that is really affecting a lot of people, and, and sometimes it's an issue that's not really talked about, because sometimes a lot of people don't even know that it exists um, among their friends or family. Today we're talking about meth addiction. And uh, we just want to encourage you right now, if there's somebody in your life, whether it's a family member or a friend who is um, affected by this in some way, whether they're a user or whether they're in someone's life who is using that, we want to encourage you right now to call them up or email them and have them um, join the show with us and spend the next um, few, next hour with us as we kind of dive into the subject a little more and just um, educate ourselves and become more aware of just what a, what a crisis this truly is in our country and in our society and how it's really affecting all of us. So we want to just encourage you to take a few moments and go do that right now. And um, as we continue on in the show, you know, today we're going to, this morning, talk about a, um, a few kind of crises. Well, but crises comes in different packages. Yes, and we don't like to use that term, crises. That's really, really strong. So we, we would like to call them faux pas. So some of your faux pas in your life. And uh, we have to ask you, what would be yours? What are some of those mistakes, those, uh, the, like we said, not crises or obstacles, but just some of the, the faux pas that you uh, had to encounter? I know when we've asked quite a few of our girlfriends out there, we've come up with all kinds of, of from answers. From the whole spectrum of, of answers from, um, I wish I wouldn't have married, you know, and you're like, ouch, so I, sorry. And I, I, not, not because I don't love my husband, but I can't stand the in-laws. <laughs> So that's always interesting. Uh, down to I sent an email to someone and then I regretted it or something you said to your kid and you, you couldn't take it back. But um, I can think of one this month that it almost needs a drum roll. Because <laughs> one, of, one of I would see as your big mistake. And this is totally at my expense and I'm okay with this, but um, a couple of weeks ago when we were in an airport traveling and we were sitting in the little waiting area ready to come home and Patty was walking, she'd walked down the, the terminal a little bit, and I looked up and I saw somebody that I recognized, and um, it, was, it was a face I'd seen on TV, and 
I'm kind of looking at it going, okay, that is Mario Lopez. And I don't know if you guys remember, Mario was on the... Um, Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell, all that, and, um, and Dancing with the Stars and all that. So Wait, what is he on now? He's like Express. Insider. Oh, insider or something. I think it's Express. I don't know. There's a show called Express. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be me. <laughs> he's, on some, he's a host for something. Well, besides the fact, I, I summoned Patty on because it was about time to board our plane, and... I needed to visit the little girls' room before we got on our flight. So Patty comes over, and I just downloaded really quick. I said, okay, I think that's Mario Lopez. Um, I have to go to the restroom. I'll be right back. So I leave to go to the restroom, and there was a line, so it took longer than I thought. And meanwhile, Patty takes advantage of the situation. And what you have to know is we have a little friendly competition that is ongoing with us. <laughs> and especially when we travel airport, who can get through a security line the fastest? And we divide and conquer. So I, while I was in the restroom, I had this feeling, Patty's going to maximize this moment, and I'm going to miss <laughs> of something. Of course here. I was. I was definitely going to get a picture. But I actually, I was trying to um, kind of draw out getting this picture done so we could get your picture in there as well. And so I went up to him and just said, I, I don't mean to be obnoxious here, but I just happen to have my camera. Do you mind, <laughs> do you mind if we take a picture? And he said, Certainly. I and think he called you ma'am, you said. He did. He called me ma'am. So then I wasn't as excited to get my picture. <laughs> but his friend was standing there, and I started talking with his friend. So I kept trying to um, keep, keep into a conversation, waiting. Delaying so I could get back. <laughs> In the midst of the delay, though, he kept saying, ma'am, you can take my picture now. So I think they were, they were done with me. Yes, yes. <laughs> so by the time I came out, I saw the backside of Mario walking down the terminal a little bit. <laughs> And I missed the moment. You I did. missed it. And it really, well, it really wasn't so much about getting my picture with Mario as I just couldn't stand it that you had an experience <laughs> that I, I missed out on. And so you kind of one up me. So we always have this, like, like I said, friendly competition. Who can outdo the other? And you definitely took advantage of that moment, yeah. and I didn't get it. And now it's on the website. We just put it on that says, where's Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> but there are plenty of mistakes and uh, faux pas that we, we do deal with. I know even just watching American Idol uh, the other night, I think it was last week, the guy was 15 years old, and he had robbed a bank with his BB gun. And you go, oh. What were you thinking? Yeah, and it, it's sad because so many times it is. It's, it's when we're in high school or college, and you're just, I don't know if it's because your brain isn't totally developed or you think you, you've got it all figured out. But uh, uh, another one that comes to mind is, and I always mess up her last name, but Jean... Uh, Carrie mean, Prejean. Prejean. <laughs> Carrie Prejean. I remember her uh, interview. California. Yeah, her interview saying, the biggest mistake in my life was sending my boyfriend a video of me nude. And, uh, you know, she thought and it got she published. in love. She thought, which... And you innocently send that? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know that I would have innocently sent the picture of me nude. But I'm sure at the time she thought it would go nowhere. It would stay with the boyfriend because you're in love and you think he's going to respect that and honor that. And then all these years later, it catches up with her. Yeah. And it caused quite the um, drama. Yeah. And we need, we need to, you know, make sure that we are teaching our kids that, well, first of all, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. Um, but especially now with... Uh, the sexting, you know, not only are they, they sending um, just all kinds of uh, discussion back and forth, but they are sending pictures of themselves and the videos of themselves and not realizing that it's going everyone. They, they forward it on to, you know, all their other friends. Well, don't you think that kids, and, and we do this too a little bit, we think we're invisible, but it's, 
it's, it's harmless. It's no big deal. It's just fun. And we allow the fun to override our logic sometimes. Yeah. And for the moment. And then we don't realize that sometimes there's some repercussions from it and consequences that we don't want to deal with later because we're not mm-hmm. thinking that. We're mm-hmm. not thinking big picture and beyond. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it, when we're talking about that, it was interesting because my son, who's now in his 20s, um, was, was interviewing and um, going through the process of becoming a, a chaplain for, the, for our city's mm-hmm. um, police state uh, department. And it was really interesting because it was quite the process to do that. He had to go through so many interviews. And I remember um, one of the things he had to go through, he had to take a polygraph test and where they had to ask, you know, all these questions. And what he had to do, too, is he had to make a list of everything he has ever done wrong. Mm. I mean, he had to, you, know, you know, whether it was if he had, you know, did drugs or anything, any lies, anything he, he had done. So basically, he had to take inventory of his life mm-hmm. and, and kind of confess. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I would not want to have to do that. <laughs> I think I have to take a light detector. <laughs> well, and it was interesting because he, he went through all that, and then he, he said to the guy, he goes, okay, and he told me, he goes, it was really stressful because you, you felt like, okay, I got to really purge here, and I yeah. to really go back in time and think through all the little things that I could have done wrong. And um, when he got to the end, he, he passed, and thank goodness he didn't have any, they, they wanted to go into his closet and see if there's anything. Yeah, and he's glaring. Yeah, anything yeah. in the closet, and so he asked the guy, he goes, why are you doing this? Why am I having to go through this scrutiny like this? And he said, basically because we're going to put you on the front line. You're getting screened like our police officers were. And we need to know because you're going to go into, like, if they're doing a drug bust, and you might be with the police officer, and he might hand you a bag of cocaine or something. And we need to know that that's not going to be a temptation for you. Mm-hmm. We need to know that you didn't have drug, a drug pass. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting how what he did in high school could have totally affected whether he made into the chaplaincy into the police department because he was on that, you know, where he had the, the same um, access to things that they did. So you never know what you did in yep. the past, how that could affect something significant going forward years later. You have to answer to that over and over and over again. We yeah. think, oh, we can just do it. No one's going to know about this, and, and um, it won't be an issue at all. So <clears throat> that, that is so interesting. With I know I use that story now for my own kids when they're talking about even silly little pranks that, uh, you know, they're talking about, oh, we're going to kidnap this friend or we're going to go, you know, they throw, you know, honey on their car. It's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. It can get out of hand and it, it, it turns into something bigger. So to really evaluate even the, the silliness of a prank. Sometimes. Yeah. And I think as parents is being um, aware that, those things are going on even with the best of kids, you yeah. know, because kids just want to have fun, yeah. like we all do. But unfortunately, the kids don't have the maturity to know when, when they're crossing the line with the fun. They think it's edgy and they, they want to take that risk. You know what? I, I have to share. I'm totally switching gears here, but I have to share a mistake just recently because it came up yesterday when my husband showed me the credit card had a $100 charge on it, and he asked me if I was, if I was aware of this charge, and it was for some pearly white um, whitener. You know what? And I saw that. I saw that on the website. That was really going around with this lady. Yes. Yeah. It was just some mom that, and so for, for those of you listening out there, make sure you know this is a scam, and I fell for it because it was a trial size, like $3.99 and $4.99. It was you put these two whiteners together. Well, and, and what it was, it was coming from an ordinary mom, and they had a picture of her. She looked like an ordinary mom, yeah. and she was saying, I, I mean, her, her story yeah. was better very than convincing. Yeah, yeah. 
So you think, oh, I'm just going to do this trial size, and, and what it ends up is they are like literally taking $100 a month, and there's, there's nowhere to complain. You, there's no phone number. There's not an address to send it to. So before you know it, there's $100 that's been deducted from your checking account and they tapped into it, and that's each month unless you catch it. Right, that, right. That, that's the way I'm understanding it because I got on the uh, – well, there's no website for it. You just under scam. I saw it under scam. So you got scammed. <laughs> Apparently, I did. Well, what's so funny about that is I had seen that one night, and I and um, I guess there's enough vein in this that we wanted the little pearly white. Yeah, you brought your little thing over here and said, "Hey, we got to do this." Yes. And so anyway, bringing it to you, and it's, it's like, yeah. So we just want to warn you that is a scam out there, and don't get caught like Patty with your he's showing. <laughs> um, stay with us. We're going to be back for our next segment, and we're going to be talking wonderful guests, Stephanie and uh, Pixie, about meth addiction. We'll see you soon. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking, and then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get ready to get busy with Getting It Done. Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll be bringing you moms and dads who are getting it done. Parents who have a lot on their plate but still manage to go that extra mile to accomplish things that they have long dreamed of. Well, how do they do that? Well, that's what this is for. The goal is to educate, motivate, encourage, and support the multitasker in all of us. Whether it's that book that you've been meaning to write, that business that you've been hoping to start, that dish that you've been striving to master, getting it done is here to help make it happen. Motivating you to get started, encouraging you to keep going, providing tips and advice on how to keep the kids happy, healthy, and safe while getting it done and done well. Learn from fellow moms and dads who are getting it done and learn about yourself along the way. It's Jill Staroshevsky and Safety Mom Media bringing out the stars in all of us. It's Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we're back. If you are just joining us, we have two special guests on our show today, and they happen to be a mother-daughter team. What makes this team unique and special is a major obstacle or crisis they have overcome together. And... um. 
Dixie and Steph, are you there? We are. Hi. 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 We are so excited and just so honored to have you on the show today. I know Lisa and I met Dixie um, last month, and Dixie, when I had an opportunity to, to talk to you, I just wanted to sit there with you all night, and unfortunately, oh. we, had to, um, we had to leave, but I'm so excited that we're able to really uh, kind of unfold your, your story here. And I have to say that just in um, researching a little bit about uh, the, the problems we have with math, more than 12 million Americans have tried math, and 1.5 million are regular users, according to federal estimates. So um, today, with us talking about math, we're really hitting, hitting a spot here that I know so many parents, I know for me, I, I have three children, and they're all in, at that age of um, where, where Steph was, you know, just in that eighth grade and high school level where all it takes is is hanging around with the wrong group of people or just kind of wanting to live on the edge and, oh, it seems cool to, to have a cigarette. So we would love um, for you guys to just kind of share with us your synopsis of what happened. And, and Steph, we're just going to dive right in and, and start with you. Okay. Um, I believe you were right around eighth grade. Yes. Um Yes, I was. Right around eighth grade is when I kind of started experimenting with cigarettes. And I always um, I always kind of pushed the envelope. I always had a little bit of a rebellious streak. And so my mom always used to tell me, you're such a risk taker, which I think is such a powerful thing for the kingdom now. But back then, the enemy knew that and just twisted it. So, yes, it did. It started with cigarettes. And um, then the summer after my eighth grade year, um, hanging out with some friends, and we just started drinking a lot, a lot. And by the end of the summer, um, I finally gave in and started smoking weed like the rest of my friends had been doing for most of the summer. It was kind of the last one to come around. And um, then, you know, I'm also a passionate person, and so whatever I do, I do it wholeheartedly. And so, again, the enemy twisted that and used it for addiction, and so I just became like a legitimate pothead. Um, started skipping school with my friends so that we could get high and stuff like that. Well, then that leads to, you know, experimenting with um, prescription drugs mixed with alcohol, prescription painkillers and anti-anxiety medicines and stuff like that, and then... Um, Stephanie, I have to interrupt you yeah. there with... Go ahead. When you're when you're doing this, my my biggest question is, how do you guys afford it? I mean, I look at my own kids that are having to like borrow two dollars for gas money. Yeah. <laughs> how, how can kids get the money to buy the alcohol and and get the drugs? Um, I don't remember specifically. I, I remember that I had a friend back when we drank a lot. We would save our lunch money. I don't even think I've ever told my mom this. Goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> you know we won't tell anybody. <laughs> we would save our lunch money during the day, and we wouldn't eat lunch. Um, we would just, I don't, I don't even remember, honestly, what we did. But we'd save our lunch money, and then we would combine our lunch money enough to buy, like, a 12-pack of Tall Boys to, you know, drink that night. And so it's just like, you know, a process of saving, you know, like if your parents give you $10 for a movie that you're supposedly going to go see. Yeah. But you don't really go, and it's really for, you know, drugs or whatever. And um, 
Yeah, so, and things, you know, it just depended on how they were sold. Like, a pill may cost, on, like, street value, if it's being sold illegally, a pill may cost 2 or $3. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's fairly easy to kind of come up with that money, especially when you're, when you've got a weekly allowance and, you know, you're getting lunch money from your parents and stuff like that, so. That's good information, because I always think that, like, how, how can they afford this? Right. But you'll figure out a way. Yes. Oh, yes. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what's interesting is you talk because um, so many people, when you just start out, like you said, you started out with cigarettes and then yes. it led to something else. And it's like nobody intentionally says, I'm going to become a meth addict. But they Absolutely. And going, okay, this is harmless, this is innocent, and this is just this, and just this. And we justify everything. And before you know it, it leads to... You know, eventually meth addiction, like in your case. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, you, it's such a gradual thing. And we always used to hear that, you know, they say that marijuana is a gateway drug. And we used to say that was so stupid. But it's so true. I mean, you never meet anybody who is addicted to a powder like meth or cocaine that did not first use marijuana. And so it's a gradual thing. And when you start smoking that first cigarette, you you know, a couple years down the line, you're a homeless meth addict, and then you just think, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you ever set out to, you know, I always say the first day that I tried meth, it owned me from that moment on, and I didn't go back to school that day. I didn't go home for nine days. I was only 16 years old, and I never went to school that day thinking, you know what, I think I'm going to throw away my life today. Uh, yeah. It was just I was curious about it. I knew that a friend of mine did it, and um, I had another friend who offered it to me, and I tried it, and the rest was history. So, did you realize at the time when you tried it that you it you know statistics are you can become hooked after just one time? Did you realize that, or did you, no, it didn't matter to you, or you just wanted to try something new because, like you said, you are a risk taker. Yes. Now I had struggled with addiction before that, but I did not understand. Um, that type of addiction. I, um, you know, like I said, like I was a pothead, quote unquote, or whatever, and, you know, had done things, you know, really passionately and, you know, invested way too much abuse. Um, But I I had no idea about addiction on that level. Um, And honestly, looking back, I remember every aspect of that day. I mean, I remember what the weather was like. I remember what I was wearing. I mean, it was that significant. And I mean, it just, it owned me. And I don't even think I realized that day what, what was really happening. Mm -hmm. I just knew that I had to have more because she just had a little bit that day and we went on our lunch break and I had asked her a bunch of questions. This is a friend of mine that I had English class with, and I had just asked her a bunch of questions about it, and she finally said, hey, I have some. If you want to just come to lunch with me, and I'll let you try it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's good, because I felt comfortable with her. And, so, and you were 16 then, right, at that time? I was 16, yes. And so you a, tried it for the first time right there at school? Um, no, well, no. We actually went a block or two away, and we just parked in a, an apartment parking lot. Mm-hmm. And so... And I didn't go back because I had to have more. And, so, and it's, it's, it's like that. And that's, I think, why you see so much crime involved with a meth addiction. Because there, you have to have it. You have to have it. Yeah, like you said, it owns you. Yes, it And you does. will basically do whatever it takes to get it. Is that not correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Stealing, uh, oh, I stole so much. I spent some time in jail for theft, actually. Um, but yes, I mean, you steal and you learn how to scam 
to get more money, and it's just, it's bad. Well, you know what, um, I, I find it so intriguing that, uh, like, from the parent's perspective, you always think, okay, wouldn't I, wouldn't I know that, that my kid is responding differently, and so... You know, Dixie, did you see that she was coming home? Did you see that they're just being a little bit more withdrawn? Or do you not see that behavior going on? Because I, I've heard of stories where the kids are in youth camp, they're, they're in the choir, they're on the worship team, you know. And uh-huh. it, yeah, I was on drugs the whole entire time. Yeah, that was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it really amazed us later that we did not see... We knew that there were behavior problems, and we knew that we were having a hard time keeping up with Stephanie, but she was very social. She was always very um, outgoing, had tons of friends, and so she was always out and about, and we just about wore ourselves out, you know, trying to always know what house she was at, whose friend is she spending the night with, and then... Um, you know, at, at some point when they get mobile with a vehicle, you have less control because even if you're they're checking in with you, you still don't know for sure that they're where they say they're going to be, et cetera. And, and, and there were a few times that we did know that um, she smelled like cigarettes, but, you know, she would say, well, someone else was smoking in the car or, you know, there was always some kind of an excuse or... Um, we, I think there was a time or two when we knew that she had gotten in trouble where some police had been called to a party or something, but she would always manage to get out of that some way. But we would find out about that, but she would always say she was not directly involved, you know. And I'm telling you, when Stephanie said that she was a risk taker, that was <laughs> so true. She And so I would just encourage any parents who have a child who tends to be that way, to channel that in the right direction for the kingdom of God, because we need lots of risk takers for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But um, but when you when you don't channel it in the right way, then they will use it in the wrong way. Oh, it, it, we only have about one minute, Steph, before we go into commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how would you? How could your mom have channeled that differently? Oh gosh, that is. I just. I don't even know. Uh-huh. I just. I don't even know. I mean. I don't know. I, I have become such a master at lying. I mean, the deception ran so deep that I don't even know how she could have approached it differently. And like you talked about, I mean, I was so involved with the youth group and everything like that. Um, so honestly, I'm so sorry. I don't have a fabulous answer for that. Um, I want to ask you a question. Did your circle of friends change? Um, did, like, yes. Yes. You, like, you said you're very social, had a lot of friends. Well, now did you, and, and you were in a youth group and everything, so that all of a sudden you had a whole different circle of friends, or maybe you had two circles of friends that um, you were hanging. One was, you know, the ones that were into drugs, and then one were the ones from, you know. Well, actually, it's kind of funny. The ones that um, this all began with, kind of like the drinking, smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, we actually all were kind of in the youth group together. Uh, we would all be at church Sunday morning hungover together. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But then after, you know, you get into the other, like the stronger drugs, like the the powders and hallucinogens and stuff like that, yes, your group of friends does start to change some. Well, you know what? Okay, this is just fascinating. We have so much more to go into, and we have on with us today Dixie and uh, Stephanie. And as we come back, we ask you a question. What's the best way to get rotten teeth, lapsing jaw, 
super dry skin and experience excessive sweating? We'll give you the answer when we come back. Stay tuned. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Togginap.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer, inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginat. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after male catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginat. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Oh, here we are. And the answer to that question that Lisa threw out there is, is meth. And we are talking about meth today. Um, we found that cops nationwide, um, they rank meth as the number one drug that they battle today. In a recent survey of 500 law enforcement agencies in 45 states by the National Association of Counties, I guess it's called NACO, 58% said meth is their biggest drug problem compared with only 19% for cocaine and 17% for marijuana, 3% for heroin. So it's, it's obviously a major issue in our country and, and beyond. And today we're talking with Stephanie and Dixie, a mother and daughter who have had to um, experience what meth, um, the devastating effects of meth. And Dixie, as, as a mom, I, we can't even imagine what it's, it would be like to watch your beautiful, dynamic daughter dealing with such a her, you know, horrendous um, addiction. And uh, we just want to ask you, we know that, because Patty and I both have, we have daughters and we have kids, mine are grown a little bit, but Patty's are right there in that age group that you're talking about um, where Steph started. Um, but we know that you had to kind of execute what we call tough love and yeah. uh, where you actually had to kick her out a little bit and honestly cannot fathom having to do that and what the, all the emotions from a, from a mom's and a dad's point of view. And, and you guys were a, a very close-knit family and had a really mm-hmm. great relationship 
Pixie, can you kind of explain to us kind of what you were feeling and what that was like? Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> um, and there were there was more than one time that we asked her to leave. And um, we would always tell her, you can stay here as long as you won't be on the drugs. But uh, one thing that we, as time went on, I'll just tell y'all that um, my husband was way more ready to do the tough love thing more quickly than I was. And because I was so afraid of what might happen to her if we did kick her out, uh, because the enemy, you know, will give you those what ifs. Well, what if she dies? What if she becomes a prostitute? What if, you know, what if, what if? And so, but I finally also reached my point. But we literally would have times that when she was staying here, we would say, well, you can no longer have a key to the house and you will have to be in before we go to bed or you will not get in. And my husband would literally go out, I know at least once, and to get the paper at 6 or 6.30 in the morning, and she would be asleep on the front porch, wow. you know, waiting to get in. But um, And there were times when we tried to get her away from a boyfriend who was a, a drug dealer, called the police to our house, and she, when it came right down to filing a report against him for abuse, she could not do it, and we told her she could not have her car, and she literally walked all the way across Amarillo, uh, Amarillo barefooted to get back to him, wow. us begging her not to go. So, yes, it was very hard, mm-hmm. but we had to get to that point where we said she is not going to reign in our hearts above the Lord, and we would tell her, you can live here but you will not bring anything in our home that doesn't glorify the Lord, and you will not um, bring your ungodly friends into our home because our home is a home that glorifies the Lord. And so that was kind of our, you know, our mantra with her that, you know, we just would not, and we wouldn't have anything awful in her room. And so, yeah, it was kind of like a revolving door several times until we finally had just had it and said, just, you know, you just cannot come back until you're, you're better. And you know what? That is such good information, Dixie, because the tough love thing, I, I, I can't even imagine because you feel like, okay, if they're in my house, at least I have some control mm-hmm. over them. Um, I know my, my husband's best friend's daughter, she was, you know, straight-A student, uh, cheerleader uh, at, at ASU here is a, a big university here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, just like Steph had that one shot at math and was instantly addicted and mm-hmm. went spiraling down, and he did the tough love, and she did end up taking her life. And it's oh. a horrible, horrible thing when you do the tough love, but you really do have to release them uh-huh. um, or else you're just enabling them. And I think that's the hardest yes. thing for parents to really understand. That mm-hmm. And I just have to give you a side note. We have um, uh, people that are listening that will write in, and um, we, we're already hearing comments about how this is just already helping them. And, and Steph, there's a, a comment here that says, she is one of the most godly women that I know. I praise God for delivering her from meth, and now she walks in sweet freedom. So um, you, you're already having people evoking emotion and getting response, so I just had to share that with you. Mm-hmm. We pray so for that. What a message you guys have as a mother and daughter to go because you're hitting 
both generations, all the generations, and from different perspectives. But let's ask another question, too. We know you have other kids. How did that affect the, your home and, and your, like, your son? And uh, tell us about that a little bit. Okay. Well, really, <laughs> the Lord took care of that. But at the very beginning of all of this, I realized that um, I had waited way too long in life to start praying really um, earnestly for my children. And so when I did start really praying hard for Stephanie, I had friends who uh, encouraged me and said, you know, Dixie, uh, be careful that you don't spend all of your time wrapped up in praying for and taking care of Stephanie Mm -hmm. because the enemy can come in and get Chris. And so what I would do is every day when I would, um, you know, I would pray throughout the day as the Lord would bring things to my mind. But in the mornings before I would start everything, um, you know, my everyday life, when I would have my time with the Lord, I would just really war for both of them. And I would go in her room first and I would start praying and then I would move to his room and I would pray and I would pray everything. I would put his name in with her name on everything. And this is what is so neat about the Lord, and we do want to give him all the glory for um, everything he has done. He is so good to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, anyway, our son went down to uh, Texas Tech. Um, I think during the time that Stephanie was still gone, and really, I had been praying all this time, and we had friends praying for both of our children, and we really didn't even think about fraternities or anything. Um, I just didn't think about it. And one day, Chris called, and he and I were talking, and he said, I'm going to need some extra money because I want to join the Christian fraternity down here, which was awesome yeah. uh, because I realized that the Lord was not only answering the prayers that we had lifted up for Stephanie, but also for Christopher, which was so neat. Plus the fact that he was, he had a front row seat, as my husband said, Mm. to all of this. So he was seeing, he was taking it all in, and thankfully um, he did choose not to go in the same direction. I know there are some uh, younger siblings that say, oh, that must be cool, so I'll do that too. But I think because of praying the Lord did lead him down the right direction. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we're thankful, thankful for that, and he is still doing great. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know what? We both dove in on that. We were just like 5,000 questions. And I know, um, Dixie, when I was sitting with you that night when we met, um, I just was so intrigued with the, the relationship that you had. And you made a comment that, God not only restored the relationship, but has given you that time back. Oh, yes. And, and I just thought that was so neat because you do, you go, I just, I just, I mean, basically evil stole my daughter mm-hmm. and all those mm-hmm. high school years were just, you know, snatched away. Mm-hmm. So, but now you guys, you, you talk to each other multiple times. During oh, yeah. And tell us oh, a little yeah. bit more about that. Well, and and I just have to say that, um, you know, Isaiah 61 talks about that Jesus was sent to us. One of his main missions was to come to us and heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And if you look through that chapter in Isaiah 61, it's just full of all the things that the Lord wants to give us, like beauty instead of ashes, 
the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, that they would be oaks of righteousness, and that they would rebuild the ruins, the ancient ruins. And that is so what he has done. He has more than doubly restored to us. I mean, I just can't even tell you how wonderful life is, but it's because we have an almighty God who who saves us, and he certainly did save Stephanie. She should, by all rights, not even be alive today. And um, so we are just so thankful to the Lord. Yes, and bless her heart. Even though, like, meth is is so horrendous and and devastating in the effects that there is always hope, and Mm -hmm. that's the thing, the message. Yes. And you can be delivered from this, and you can be... um, Yes. You can be whole again. And yeah. Stephanie, just looking at you, we, we have a picture of you and your family, and mm-hmm. you're just a darling, beautiful mm-hmm. young gal with two adorable, you know, sons and, and a husband that's just incredible. And and it's just amazing to see that, that you have been restored and yeah. meth no longer defines who you are. Yeah. Um, would you just share really um, just briefly in the amount of time we have left in this segment, what turned your life around? What, what I, you, I think... You'll always be an addict to some extent because you're never, you know, there's always that temptation, but you, you're recovering. And um, what, what led to that freedom from that? Well, um, I remember when I, it was when I was 19, right after I turned 19, I um, found out that I was um, almost three months pregnant. And I just remember... Um, when I first found out, just being devastated um, within the first few minutes, not necessarily devastated, just in shock, like, oh, my gosh, this is one of those things that you think, oh, it'll never happen to me. Um, and but within about an hour, I just remember I just started falling in love with my baby. And I, I, was, at, I was in beauty school, and I was reading pregnancy magazines, and I just was overcome with, Grace. I mean, it was truly, I tell my son Noah that he truly is, when God put him in my belly, that is really when God's grace came down. Because he transformed me from the inside out. I just radically fell in love with him, and I wanted to do anything and everything I could to give him the best life possible. And because of the way that I was raised, I knew that involved Christ. And it was just like that decision that I made in my heart that began His work in me. I, I mean, He miraculously healed me of addiction. I, I'm telling you, if I ever see even a show, like a documentary on meth or anything like that, where it actually shows them using it or smoking it, I mean, I, can't, I physically can't watch. It makes me want to throw up. And so He has truly 110% removed that reproach from me. Like He says in Joshua, like, I have removed that reproach. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing. And we're going to come back with um, some more discussion on meth from a different perspective. Stay tuned. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the frugalitarian is here to show you how. 
Jody Olson is a frugalitarian on Togedown, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On The Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion savvy, and earth friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on doginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it in no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the green with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we have been talking today about meth addiction with um, two very, very special guests, Dixie and Stephanie, who is a mother and daughter team, and Stephanie has... uh, struggles over the years with uh, meth and now has come out and experiencing total freedom and just enjoying life and experiencing the freedom in Christ. And uh, Dixie, just, just the relationship you guys have expressed and modeled is just so amazing and so encouraging for so many um, women and families out there. And uh, as we continue and we kind of wind this down and we can't believe how fast the show has gone and we just, uh, we would love you back sometime. You've just been mm-hmm. so great okay. to see you and just hear your hearts, and you've been so authentic with us today. But we have also another special friend of ours. Her name is Cheryl Stone, and Cheryl is uh, lives here with us. And um, I personally known Cheryl for many, many years, known her kids, and uh, just seeing what a dynamic family they are. She and her husband Ken, and they have a kind of a unique situation where they have um, kind of taken in their grandson. And so, Cheryl, I'm going to ask you to just to share your story. Just from your perspective and, and just how you guys have handled this with, with your grandson. Well, um, Jake came to live with us when he was eight years old, and um, it was <clears throat> all just a fun time. We raised him just like we raised our other four children, and um, as he got into high school, um, he was doing great. He's, he was an honor student, and 
we just never suspected a thing. I mean, he kept his grades up, and uh, his fresh, his, let's see, his sophomore year, um, we got a phone call that he was in lots of trouble at school for selling drugs on the campus. And so that was when our roller coaster ride with him all started. Um, he was expelled from school and took his junior year here at the house. And Jake's struggles actually continued for years. Um, with he's been over the years, he was in and out of jail. Um, each time that he was in jail, it was due to my husband, Ken, and I doing the tough love thing. We had him arrested twice. Um, once he forged checks with, you know, from our checkbook, another time he um, burglarized a home, and we knew the people, and so we had him arrested for that. Um, all these things just <laughs> wouldn't turn him around. He, you know, not that he liked jail. He, he just couldn't get off of the drug. Jake's drug of choice was heroin. Uh, he wasn't into meth. Um, he said he doesn't like pot. He just likes heroin and, or liked heroin. Um, so the longest, during the past five years, the longest he was ever clean was nine months. And, um, you know, nine months, you get really excited, and you think, wow, you know, he's really done good. And then um, he went back. And um, now again, he's been clean again for nine months. So you hold your breath. I don't, I don't look at Jake as ever being cured. Every day we pray for Jake. But during the rough times, and the times that we worked the hardest to try to make him well ourselves, it didn't work. And finally, out of just total desperation, you just lay him at the feet of God, and it's like, he's yours. You know, you love him more than we love him. As much as we love him, you love him more. And I could do that and just feel so at peace, you know. Um, he, now, Jake says, I don't know how anybody that doesn't have the Lord can get off of drugs mm -hmm. because um, we've had him in Teen Challenge. He's gone to all kinds of different rehabs, but it was always the Word of God that worked and nothing else. Mm -hmm. in, in his case, it was absolutely nothing else. That's, that is amazing, and, and I, I, I would have to agree. I, I don't know how anybody um, could get that kind of freedom unless you had the hope uh, of the Lord. And, and one thing, Cheryl, I know Lisa and I went to a workshop, uh, a drug workshop with you, uh, mm -hmm. just to learn a little bit more to help educate um, women on some of these topics so as parents we can look for a few things. And um, one of the things that I thought was so interesting that you had brought up was that for some drug users, they take the uh, pain 
pills and they crumble them up and Jake was taking the the pills and putting it on the bathroom counter and using the hose a hose clamp from a car like the little thing with jagged edges and he would um grind up the oxycontin and uh then tear a pen apart and snort that up his nose and after a while, the bathroom counter started showing all these signs of <clears throat> abuse that I wasn't giving it. And so, I mean, there's, there's things that, there's so many things that you start looking for. And, in fact, one of these times that, that he had been off and went back on, I could actually <laughs> hear him in there doing that. Wow. And snorting, hmm? actually grinding, and then oh, and yes, uh-huh. <laughs> wow, yes, I I heard him, and so then at that point, you know, as soon as he came out of the bathroom, my husband and I approached him, and once again we kicked him out of the house, mm-hmm. and because he, I mean, and and there's not a way, Patty, for them to deny it. They start immediately losing weight, looking terrible. You know, they don't have an appetite. Mm -hmm. You know what? It's been amazing just watching you guys, Cheryl, is you and Kenny, um, you didn't ignore the problem. I think so many times, like when parents or family members, they don't even know what to do. They feel helpless. So sometimes the easiest route is just to ignore it and and hope that it will go away. But you guys got in there. You educated yourselves. You went to support groups. You went to these um, drug counseling sessions like we went to you with. And um, you guys totally... Um, became aware of, of signs and things to look for, and you guys got help for you because so many times it does affect the family dynamics or a marriage, and you don't want to allow um, the addiction to destroy what you have. And so you guys really did what you needed to do. To, you, you put the work and the time into it to taking care of you and so you could take care of him and help him. Mm-hmm. Commendable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many people don't know even where to start. So where, where would you say is a good place to start? When well, you, where you mean if you think it's happening? Yeah, with the with the child. Yeah, with the child. Where do you do? I mean, what would you reckon? What would you tell families out there? Approach them. Yeah, you know, and don't take don't take their word. They no. Jake even said, "If my lips are moving, I'm lying." <laughs> wow. wow. He would say that to us, and so I believe that any drug addict. If their lips are moving, they're lying. Um, I know, um, Stephanie, you, you mentioned that, too. That you're oh, yeah. After of uh, being deceitful. So I thought that was interesting that you... But at the time, you don't really see yourself that way, right? You're just... You think you're doing the right thing? Well, it's... Yeah. It's such a, it's such a deception. I mean, it's such a twisted perspective. Yes. I mean, I, Ryan just became second nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was a master at it. I was a master at it. So, and I think we want to believe the best in our kids as parents. We don't want to believe our kids are capable of that or will do that. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to really objectively look and, and when in situations and even just being proactive with our kids, not saying our kids would never do that. And you, right. one of the parents would say, oh, my kids would never get into drugs. And the moment you say that, you let your guard down because any of us are susceptible to anything given the right situation and the right mm-hmm. temptation. Well, well another thing that your kids are not immune. No, they're not. And I, and I will say this. Don't look at the kids they're running around with and think, 
Well, they're running around with good kids Mm -hmm. because that has nothing to do with it. Nothing. Yeah. And, you know, coming from a a parent's perspective right now, what I'm walking away with this show is, you know, having two teenagers going, okay, I I can't live in fear because God is... Hold us not no. in fear. Right. Cast our cares and anxiety on Him. So just give your kids up to the Lord, and also to um, we can trust our kids, but we also need to be a little bit more involved. Even down to looking to see what's on their phone. What are they texting others when they're coming back saying, "Oh yeah, it was my friend who was smoking," or "I just happened mm-hmm. to be in the car." We really need to dig down deeper and not always think that they're going to give us the truth in all things. I mean, let them know that we trust them and believe in them, but we really need to unpack some of the things that's just happening when, when that's ongoing. Um, there's some telltale signs, like you were saying, Cheryl, uh, when you see pins laying around the house that have all been disassembled, then uh-huh. <laughs> that's not just a, a fun habit to do that's that. That's not to- how you buy them. <laughs> <laughs> when your kitchen counter and your bathroom counter start having grinding um, little marks in it, then there might be something else going on. So there, there are those telltale signs that, that we need to look for, and we, we can also get help. Um, just, just because your kids in a youth group are going to church doesn't mean that, um, that uh, they, they might not be taking risks, living on the edge. There's a national helpline to call, and that is 1-866-925-4035. And we also have information on our, on our site, girlfriended.com, which we will have... Um, you guys highlighted on there, and then get more information, and even you know dialogue with you guys, and uh, and to find out more, take this even to the next step. And you guys, it's been such an honor and a privilege to be with you guys. So, um, you know, stay with us. And uh, next week, we are going to be talking about Valentine's a little bit, how to put romance um, into your into your day and into your time with in a frugal way. A lot of times, because the times are are tougher right now. We have to get a little more creative in that area of romance. So we're going to be talking with Jody Olson from The Frugalitarian plus some other special guests, and it's going to be a fun show. So stay with us. And again, thank you, Dixie. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And again, we'll meet you next week at girlfriended.com and Toginet. Thank you so much. Tell a friend. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 